0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a Conversation with Money mini-moment. My name is Elizabeth Husserl, and these mini-moments with money are meant to be reflective moments in your life where we interact with money in the material world. And it's been a couple weeks since I last sent one out, partly because I have been on vacation But, lo and behold, when we go on vacation, it's not that money and our relationship to money goes by the wayside. In fact, a lot of times it can be accentuated, and that's part of what I want to be talking about today was I had very two very distinct vacation experience over the last couple of weeks, and in that process was really taken to a place of asking some important questions with for myself and with my husband um, that I want to share and offer to you all today and so the two vacations I had um, you know felt a little precipitated because it's not internally. I don't feel like it's my vacation time. I really like to take time off in July and August, but these were set in the calendar. We had our, my daughter's first grade camping trip and my husband's best friend wedding. So obviously we were going to go to both and there were very distinct experiences when it came to money and the material world in each of them. With the camping trip, You know, any of you all have been camping. There's all the preparation to get there. But once you're there, and in this particular case, we had two wonderful mamas organizing everything. So they were taking care of the grocery shopping and the chore allocations. And we really just got to show up and hang out. And especially when you put 40 first graders in a campground, they are pretty self-sufficient. So it was this really wonderful space of hanging out, relaxing, just being with each other. And the material world was taken care of. Fast forward a couple of days and we head out to Montana for this wedding after the camping trip. And it was a stark difference. Because we were headed to this hot springs, this beautiful hot springs. But now, Every moment required a money-making decision, right? Everything from the car rental to paying for the bags on the airplane to every meal. And even though, you know, I'm a planner by profession. And so obviously I had a plan of what our family was going to be spending on this trip. And we did a really good job of staying with it. What was more exhausting was the fact that I had to go back into planning mode. And it was such a sharp contrast from having spent a couple of days out in nature where I had to make no decisions. And in fact, I wasn't connected to wifi or the internet, so I couldn't even make other people's decisions, right? Again, that's what I do for profession is help people make money decisions. And the sharp contrast really got me to a core. And I realized the importance of, I need space in my life where I'm not making money decisions, right? Where it's almost like, (laughs) almost the feeling is like taking a break from a partner and just having time alone. And I realized I needed to take a break from money. And what it started to stir was this feeling of resentment where in my family, I wear the money pants and not so much in, you know, both my husband and I are earners, but I'm the planner. And I started to really feel resentment that I wanted to take a break. But if I took a break, no one was necessarily going to step up into that role, which was obviously something I was making up. Uh, It was a money story I was holding on to. So you can imagine that week in Montana, we had some really good money conversations, some hard ones as well, where we started renegotiating what our money roles were and I say renegotiating and that sounds pretty elegant because it wasn't elegant at the time. It was actually kind of messy and resentful. And it was amazing how it had gone too long without me naming this because there was a lot of mixed emotions in the bag. And I really had to work hard to separate the two. And I can't say I always did that very gracefully, but I try. And I arrived to this place where I remember telling my husband, I want to be provided for. You know, and it was an old statement. I had said this in the past, and yet it was coming from a new place. And I think that's really what I wanted to unpack today here was what does that mean being provided for? Because in the past, you know, I would say that coming from a place where I had always been provided for, you know, in my upbringing, my father was the main breadwinner and he provided for the four of us. You know, my mom did work as a therapist, but their income difference was so big. He really did provide for a lot of more than material needs. And in the past I've struggled with finding my power as a female in my earning potential and my capacity to make money and my capacity to generate. And in the past I would have said, I want to be provided for from a place of fear and not feeling competent in myself. And now that is different. I have built two businesses in the last um five years and I have, you know, made over six figures, um, not every year, but I know how to do that and I know how to provide for my family, I know how to provide for myself. And so but the feeling was this still there of wanting to be in relationship and it provided for. So I really sat with that. And as I unpacked that feeling, two main insights came to the table. And one of it was, you know, I find myself leaning towards a way of being in the world that is not solely independent. And by that I mean, you know, because I see it in my clients where they come and they really want to be independent. And I have to appreciate and applaud that, that they're trying to taste this strength of taking care of themselves. And it's such an important muscle to build. But I always keep going and land in this place of actually seeing myself in the bigger context of being in relationship and in community and in a bigger world with more interactions and legacy, right? You know, money comes through families, um, and really wanting to situate my ability to earn and my ability to generate within a bigger context where we're all providing for each other. And as we continue to connect deeper and deeper to our ability to provide and generate wealth from whatever our strengths are, then the pot of resources gets stirred and we are all fed and we're fed in ways that we see and we're fed in ways that we can't even imagine or begin to see. So I was really st- connecting to that because the in- second insight I have, right, it's, and it's more reflected on a time of life where my husband is going through a career transition and needing to rebuild, right, this one project or this one kind of path that he imagined he would be on is not turning out to be how he imagined. And in the end, I think we will look back and be grateful for being at this crossroads but he's at the stage where he has to rebuild and I know that part of my kind of resentment was around seeing the amount of wealth and assets he is sitting upon and wanting him to put that into the world so that it could generate wealth and I say wealth in a much more holistic way right but wealth in resources for my family and so I was able to see that when I was stating those words I wanted to be provided for, it was coming from a place of, I wanted a generosity of spirit. I wanted a generosity of putting his resources and his assets into the world so that the family pot could get stirred right in a good way and we all be fed. So I know that sounds very metaphorical and symbolic, and I keep coming back to that image of, you know, the two of us and actually the three of us, because my daughter feeds that pot as well. But anyone in your family or in your immediate community or your partner, it's, you know, this question of, of being provided for is a very vulnerable statement. And a lot of times we don't like naming it because it feels like we're giving our power away. That it's, It feels like we're saving. I can't provide for myself. And the invitation that I'm giving you today is how can you hold both? How can you provide for yourself and for your greater community by giving into that pot? You know, your very best, you know, your resources, your work, your ideas, your creativity, your building blocks. And how can you ask others around you to do something similar, right, for them to not hold back? on their wealth whatever that wealth may be how can they put that back into the pot so that the pot gets stirred and it's like this alchemy that starts to happen so that not only are we fed but there's kind of an expansion of a sense of wealth that starts to be created in ways that we don't even see and so I really stand by that question and stand by that desire of wanting to be provided for as I provide for myself. And I leave you with that question today of how do we exhibit both strength and vulnerability when it comes to this, these material interactions with our loved ones, with our communities, with our families. And as you stir that pot of strength and vulnerability, let yourself be surprised. Let yourself always be surprised at what wants to come out, right? Because our relationship to money in the material world is just one more mirror into knowing ourselves. So I'll leave you with that mini money moment. Happy exploring. Ashe.